everyone. Welcome to In My Downtown, a podcast by the Michigan Downtown Association. This is Annette Knowles. In this episode, we hear from downtowns across the state about how to make downtown merry, bright, and busy during the all-important holiday shopping season and beyond. Our first stop is way up north in Charlevoix. Let's listen in. We're here with our first guest, Lindsay Dotson, who is the executive director of the DDA in Charlevoix, Michigan. Uh, welcome, Lindsay. Hi, thank you, Annette. We're here today to talk about your Gift Local program. Uh, I'm really excited to hear about what this uh, program entails. So why don't you start us off with a quick overview? Sure, so Gift Local is a holiday-themed promotion that we've been doing here for about seven or eight years. Um, I can't remember the exact start date, (laughs) Uh, but essentially what it is is a promotion to try to keep dollars local during gift giving season. So every, it's essentially a raffle. So we do have to pull a raffle license. We track spending in the downtown at our small businesses and people enter by spending $50 or more, you can get multiple entries and you can combine receipts. Um, So basically every 50 bucks gets you an entry to win and we give out three prizes at the end of it. And they're all just monetary values in our downtown dollars, which we have a digital downtown dollars program. So the first place winner is 500, second place is 300 and third place is 100. Every year we have about 4,000 entries and we use basically run out of them on Christmas Eve. That's usually, that's the last day that people can turn in the receipts. And it's just a really cool way to encourage spending. If people have a choice of different downtowns in the area that they want to go to, um, knowing that you can win some money for shopping here is definitely a bit of encouragement. Um, And it also is easy to track, you know, the amount of money kept in the district based on how many entries we um, we give out. So yeah, that's it in a nutshell. So it's a limited number of uh, entries. You said about 4,000. Yep. And is that driven by the organization or is that driven by patronage? Um, it's basically driven by the organization because we have to order the raffle tickets ahead of time. You know, we've adjusted the number over the years to kind of see where that sweet spot is because we don't want to end up with a lot of tickets left over um, and we don't want to run out too early. And so, yeah, 4,000 has ended up being what we tend to um, have success with. And do the the people who participate, are they mainly your residents and citizens of the greater Charlevoix area or do you get patronage from you know, uh, tourists and and guests from out of town? I would say it is a popular thing amongst our local community members, but we do also get some people that come from out of town. Um, And because we are a tourist destination, that's always kind of a part of our, our customer base anyway. And because we have the stores kind of promoting it while they're making sales, that does open up the door for people that may not have known about the opportunity to enter if they want to. As they're checking out, you know, we encourage the the shop to use it as a way to upsell um, or to encourage, you know, more spending in the downtown so, so people can get more entries. So how do you, do you measure the success by 
you know, quote unquote, selling out? Or is there another way to measure to measure that? Essentially, that's, that's been our, our measure every year is whether or not we run out of the, the tickets. <laughs> and um, for the past three years, we have run out of them. You know, we, we could increase the amount um, in the coming years, but we don't, I don't know. It's, it's one of those, if we go up to 5,000, are we going to end up with a bunch left over and then it's wasted money up front? So yeah, that's, that's essentially it because, you know, that 4,000 times $50 each ticket is the same amount of money that is measured, you know, staying, staying in the district. Yeah. It's kind of, um, simple, but it's, it's what keeps it going. So, <laughs> well, I just pulled out my calculator and did some basic math and it looks like if you sell out on your tickets, you're selling, you know, people are spending at least $200,000 in your downtown for the holiday shopping season, which is yeah. awesome. And that I'm sure doesn't account for sales that are above $50. And how many of your businesses participate? Is it generally everybody or do the businesses have to sign up to do it? It is everyone that's in our district. And um, we've had to tweak the rules over the years to really encourage the type of spending that we want to, to see. Um, so for example, it depends on the type of business, but if you go to our grocery store that's in our downtown, you can't turn in your receipt for just regular shopping. But if you buy a gift certificate from the grocery store, then that can be um, an entry into the, the contest. Um, same goes for restaurants. We are not going to reward your daily regular like lunch break behavior, for example. But if you buy a gift card from a restaurant, then that can be um, an entry as well. And then any, any retail establishment, any sale um, at those places counts. So yeah, um, everybody is in it and we have five different um, shops where people can go to turn in their receipts and get their entries. Um, they're kind of spread out throughout the downtown so that there's a close one um, wherever someone might be. Well, that's really, really an in, uh, interesting approach um, to helping keep, you know, dollars, uh, local dollars spent locally. Um, is there any advice you have for anyone who would be interested in trying to duplicate your program? Yeah, um, the, you know, this program started out over at the Chamber of Commerce, actually, before I came here, and then ended up being one of our programs. And I'm, I'm not ex exactly sure why. Actually, no, I remember why now. Um, because uh, when the prizes were awarded, they were being given out in chamber checks. And therefore, the prize money may or may not stay in the district. And uh, the chamber didn't like the downtown focus of the program, and we didn't like the fact that it wasn't, you know, for sure going to be money that's, you know, re-spent in the downtown. And so when we took on taking this program on, um, we had to, you know, become a qualified organization um, for charitable gaming so we could pull a raffle license. And because we are a DBA and a part of our municipality, there were um, a couple of hoops to jump through in order to become a qualified organization. We had to amend our bylaws with certain language and things like that. But the moral of the story is a DBA can pull a raffle license. You just have to go through the work of, of becoming that, um, that qualified organization first. And 
you know, at the end of the day, it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. If people are scared away from doing these types of promotions or any sort of raffles uh, because they're a, a DBA, I'd say um, it is possible um, and you can definitely pursue that. Hey, that's great advice because I think uh, sometimes there are hurdles that sometimes seem insurmountable, but it seems like um, in this case, you were able to do that. So Lindsay, I'm so grateful that you were able to share um, your story about the gift local program with us this morning. Um, and thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast. Thank you. Well, our next guest is Stephanie Herder, who is the DDA director from Spring Lake. Welcome, Stephanie. Hi, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing very well. How are things in Spring Lake this winter? Oh, great, great. It's um, it's hard to believe that it's already the holiday season. I feel like it was September and now it's December. <laughs> Almost. <so. laughs> yeah, well, that's really awesome and so appropriate for the topics that we're covering in this podcast. I was really excited to hear about your event, Spring Lake Sparkle. So why don't you share some basic information about what that event entails? Yeah, so actually, this is the third year of Sparkle. And so um, in 2020, you know, when things were, you know, the big sad of like COVID and everything. So we had um, some community members come to us and said, hey, we have this idea to cover the downtown full of lights. And we're like, yes, that sounds great. <laughs> so it's actually put on, so Spring Lake Sparkle was born. And we, we wanted to kind of give it a good, a good fun name because we know that, you know, other light shows like in um, Rochester, they have um, the big bright light shows. A lot of those kind of communities have like their, they have a fun light show name. So what's for like Sparkle is, is just, it's really, a, you know, thousands and thousands of lights that cover our downtown. And it covers, we're right on M104, um, which is a major uh, roadway that goes through Spring Lake into Grand Haven. It's really fun because you come into town and you see some of the lights and all of a sudden it's just like, bam, like their goal with Spring Lake Sparkle was to stop traffic. <laughs> and they have succeeded. So Spring Lake Sparkle happens the Saturday after Thanksgiving through uh, the new year. Every evening the lights come on and uh, people can come downtown and walk around and you know get pictures and get hot cocoa from places. It's also located in our social district. So uh, you can get adult beverages and hang out and um, see the lights and take pictures. But uh, yeah, it's just a really fun event and they keep adding things new every year. Okay, I would like to know if you also schedule special activities or you know community gathering events during the you know during the while the sparkle is sparkling um to you know encourage additional you know visits to to see the light yes so other events that happened during sparkle uh so we had our big kickoff uh was next was this past saturday and new this year was that we had um, a more official lighting ceremony where um, we have a courtyard that has a fireplace and everything. So we had a, we have a big tree that's set up down there 
And then uh, Santa arrived on a fire truck, <laughs> which is so cute. And then uh, we had a band playing uh, when they arrived. And we also a new addition this year, which we haven't had in years past for Sparkle, is the Santa house. So we have a Santa house that'll be open uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So kids and families can come down and see Santa during posted times. And also... What's nice, the biggest thing that the businesses do to kind of get involved is that they're starting to learn to stay open later. <laughs> so that's when people are downtown when it's dark, right? That's been a good to kind of get with them to see, have an open house, have free hot chocolate, have something. So we have a lot of just pop-up things that happen. Like tonight, for example, uh, there is a dental office that's having an open house, but also we have a lot of participation through um, the local schools. So we have like the dance team come out one, one night. We have the band come out one night. We have the chorus, the chorus line or the carolers to come out and do it too. So it's just really fun. The whole kind of community, it's a small, quaint little event, but it brings out a ton of people. I'm glad you mentioned that the businesses are able to engage and it's kind of a roundabout way to get businesses to explore Um, staying open uh, later because as we know sometimes that can be uh, an issue for you know those small independent mom and pop shops Um, so it's really great to know that the event the event itself is you know kind of creating some additional you know buzz um, within the city and also on the community end um, helping to bring other organizations and make that more positive um, positive connection to the downtown you know light shows are becoming more popular and you're correct in mentioning you know big bright light show is kind of a early iteration of that Mm -hmm. but what makes your approach unique well we're more of like well they're walking event as well but ours is unique because um we have twenty thousand cars that drive through here every day (laughs) because we're just where the road is uh you know m104 that goes through spring lake Um, But also ours is not technically put on by the city either. So we, uh, there's a local nonprofit called Lily Cares that puts on this event. So Sparkle is their event. We're just kind of the venue. Um, So what's nice is that they do the, the fundraising, getting the sponsors. Um, They work on getting the lights hung up. Our DPW doesn't do it. That's what's kind of unique too, is that a lot of people think it's us, but it's not. It just happens to be a local nonprofit that it's it's a local family's nonprofit and they just want to give back to the village. And this is one way they do it. So that's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's really great that it doesn't necessarily have to burden your probably limited DDA budget um, for something that is um, getting so much attention and attention into the community. So what do you love most about this activity promotion? What I love is just, you know, it's been a hard few years for a lot of people with COVID and everything. And that's kind of why the event was born. It's like, we can't be outside, we can't get together or whatever, but at least we can have lights and we can have music and we can have Santa. And it really is what ours is, is even though we're on M104 and 20,000 cars go by, it still feels small and quaint and small town, you know. One of my favorite things, though, is to go and so we have a a bar called Stan's Bar. It's been open for 75 years, owned by the same family in downtown Spring Lake. And they decorate the inside of the bar. It's, you know, if you think of it like a hometown bar, wood paneling and everything, too. They put gobs and gobs and gobs of lights in there. And it's gaudy and amazing and awesome. And so it's just fun. Um, 
to go in there and meet up with friends, you know, you're, you're immersed in lights and, you know, nostalgia of an old bar. It's also cool because even though it's a, it's a bar, it's, it's kind of like, um, I think our village president calls it kind of like our front patio of our community. So everybody goes there. So it's just fun to see everyone get in there. We're all covered in lights and everything. And, you know, you, meet, you see people you haven't seen in a while and everyone's just happy. <laughs> it's really nice. <laughs> Sounds like a great opportunity to really kick off and embrace the you know holiday season in a way that is um, bringing people bringing people together. Um, really heartening to hear that. Uh, Stephanie, what advice do you have for other communities if they're looking to enhance holiday related programming? I guess my advice would be is kind of look at the communities you think are doing cool things. And then I think that when it comes to, you know, downtowns and, um, you know, destination marketing organizations, we're, we're pretty good about, you know, sharing, you know, how things work and, you know, giving a little bit of suggestions here and there. So really, like, if you want to learn about how Spring Lake Sparkle um, happens, I can connect anyone with Lily Cares and they can tell you uh, kind of how much it costs and all that. I mean, it's. I don't want it to be, it's not supposed to be a big secret um, because it'd be great if all of our towns had fun light shows for the community. So yeah, that's what my biggest advice is. Look at who's doing it well and reach out to them. And especially with Michigan Downtowns Association, I'm pretty new to the group, but I've had so many um, wonderful people from other downtowns. So I can, I've reached out to be like, Hey, I saw you did this. How do you do it? And they've been more than happy to share how they do it. So that's what my biggest advice would be. Learning from perhaps the best <laughs> the best exactly we have going for us so well stephanie i certainly appreciate your time today i'm sure it's real busy uh busy season here in spring lake right now um but we really are grateful that you came forward to share the story with us i really appreciate being invited and i hope to see um, whoever's listening hope to have you visit spring lake soon yeah. We are now talking with Melissa Andre, who is the assistant to the city manager for the city of Farmington, and really excited to talk about Harry Potter and the Holiday Skate. How are you, Melissa? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing really, really well. So happy to have you on the podcast today. Really, we'd like to just know a little bit more about what the Harry Potter Skate is all about. It's really cool. It's um, currently in its fourth year, and we have had just tremendous outpouring of support for this event. It's what we try to do. We have a downtown ice rink, and we have a pavilion with enclosures that keep you warm. We Nocturne Alley, a kind of haunted, dark area where Slytherins like to go. The event, we have Harry Potter music playing for skaters. It's just fun, and it's typically the Saturday between the two holidays. But what's cool last year and this year is it falls on New Year's Eve. So we've connected it with a a wizard ball drop for children at 9 p.m. And then there's uh, what is really cool is we have the public safety has a ladder truck, the fire truck, and we drop a giant ball over the ice rink on midnight for the um, wizards who like to stay out a little light later. Yeah, it sounds really fun. I'll have to get my, my skate sharpened <laughs> for this event. Um, how many people typically attend or how do you measure the success of the event? You know, honestly, I measure the success by the joy on everyone's face. And um, it, it, it's just 
really cool to see the kids. One of the prizes we give away is a poster. We have a different look to the poster every year. And last year, one of the children received a poster and their mom said, great, this is the fourth poster that will go on their wall. So just hearing things like that, I, I know it's successful. The, the kids with their wands, the costumes, and we have about, I would say 400 people. We sell out of most of the food, <laughs> chocolate frogs and butter beer, which is, are homemade. So we don't have a whole lot, but it's, it's just great. Wow. That's really, really, really cool. So, you know, in the downtown world, we distinguish sometimes events that make cash registers ring, so to speak, um, of being retail events and community events. So this sounds like it more aligns with a community event, but are there any opportunities for local businesses to get involved? Yeah, it is definitely a community event. Last year, we had Dearborn Music sponsor the music. We have had somebody who sells wands come and sell wands. A local bar's We'll have powder-themed drinks, which we're in a social district now, so they can go and get their drink and bring it. We don't sell alcohol at the event. So there's opportunities for a kitchen store to make chocolate frogs. There are a lot of opportunities. Wow, that's really, really great that there's an opportunity to tie it into um, the event. So, Melissa, what do you love most about the event? Well, it's slightly selfish, but um, my daughter and I are the ones who came up with this concept and her birthday's the 26th of December. And while it's a really crazy busy time of year, she considers this now part of her Christmas. And it's just super special to share that with a whole community of Potter fans. Um, That's great. And Besides having an outdoor ice arena in the downtown, what other advice do you have for communities that want to enhance their holiday-related programming? Well, I think a lot of the things that Farmington does, the social district is great because people will get their drinks, bring them outside, promoting all your local businesses. For We have holidays, and they also make drinks, sell different crafts, vendors, having sidewalk sales during these times are um, just wonderful and helpful to have a lot of festive activities outside during the holidays. We also are fortunate enough to have um, little fire pits in Riley Park. And I'll see people into February sitting around the fire pit with a drink or a hot toddy that they got from a local business all winter long using those Well, that sounds really, really terrific. I definitely appreciate you sharing um, your story about the Harry Potter and the Holiday Skate um, with us. And we look forward to hearing um, how successful you are on New Year's Eve. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it'll be great. And it starts at 730. And my goal is to make it magical for everyone who attends. And it's led by a group of amazing volunteers. Oh, yeah. And thanks for bringing that up. I guess I should have commented as well on Farmington is very, very well known for the breadth and depth of the volunteerism um, in the community. Uh, And as we know, it takes a lot of hands and hearts to pull these things together. So um, kudos to you for creating what we hope will be um, a legacy event. And we wish you all the best. Thank you. Thanks for your time, Annette.
Hello again. We're here with our final guest for this episode, Elizabeth Miller, who is the DDA Executive Director from Romeo. And we're here to talk about Romeo Winterfest. Hello, Elizabeth. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. How are things in Romeo? Things are happening in Romeo. You know, we're excited. Tomorrow night is our tree lighting ceremony and Santa's coming to visit and we have our new renovation. So it's all a hustle. And we have a big SimCog video promo happening tomorrow too downtown. So we're, 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 there's a lot going on, but we're excited to talk about Romeo Winterfest. Now that December's right around the corner or probably here by the time I release the podcast, um, all more appropriate to talk about Winterfest. Um, so Elizabeth, tell us a little bit about what the event is. Sure. So um, Romeo Winterfest came about um, at the beginning of uh, December last year as a result of us purchasing these giant styrofoam snowmen. Uh, we had about 17 businesses that were interested in doing that. And then the idea came like, well, we should probably create an event around this. Like, why not? So I held my first um, volunteer meeting. And from that, it became um, Winterfest. And we, from start um, we created that in, in uh, less than 45 days, and uh, we were pretty excited about the data that we found from that. It's a, it's a fun event, a lot of fun, and we had the perfect day for it, too, last year. Wow, that's incredible, pulling something something together that quickly. What are some of the components of the uh, of the event? Yeah, so great question. And, you know, and this year it's going to be expanded a little bit, but we started um, by there's, well, I'll just kind of go through a quick list. Um, we have our giant snowman cost contest. So that's going to be happening again. They, they get decorated by all the different businesses that own them. And then people can vote online or in person. Um, and it just was lots of fun. It went from anywhere from being a um, a, you know, a Disney character was one. Another one was um, they uh, and ha was wearing an Irish kilt. Another one was waiting for summer, um, dressed as in a hula hoop or a hula skirt from Hawaii. And so that was a lot of fun. The giant snowman contest. Um, we have kids crafts. There's characters from um, Crowns Against Cancer, uh, live music. Um, our local high school team, the Biting Bulldogs, does did demonstrations, and they're they're well, excited about doing it again this year. Chili cook-off. There's a story walk that is in cooperation with our Romeo District Library. And then um, we also had horse-drawn wagon rides that were a huge hit last year. So be able to ride in a horse-drawn wagon uh, up and down Main Street. And then new this year that we're really excited about is our local high school cross-country team is going to be doing the first ever 5K running right through downtown. So we're pretty excited about that collaboration. Wow, that's a lot going on in one day. Um, given that the event is um, so new, what do you think is your measure of success? What do you know when you think the community has responded well? Um, it was, I think, the day of. I think there was there was a lot of shock and awe. Um, you know, we were here. We were coming, you know, out of a pandemic. Um, it was it was the middle of February. People were sort of done with snow, and it gave people something to be really excited about to look forward to after you know kind of like the you know the and okay like when is spring gonna come um and it was fun to see um the day of the event it's interesting my husband and i live in in the village of romeo and um the day of the event he was helping set some things up and he said he's like elizabeth you could literally see people just flooding into main street from the from the alleys with strollers and little kids and it was just it was pretty exciting so just seeing the the quantity of people there but you know, you asked what what is the other measure of success? You know, in in our heads, we thought, you know what, we might have had three thousand people there, uh, and which we thought was huge, especially for a brand new event coming out of nowhere. We relied pretty much uh, solely on social media marketing. 
um, and all of that was free. We actually didn't at the time pay for any of that um, for by boosting anything. Then we came about this fabulous tool that Macomb County has called um, Placer AI Data. Um, and so I reached out to the um, to the, the good folks at Macomb County and said, "Could you give us the data from February 24th, 2022, and tell us what you have?" And so we were pleasantly surprised to see that no, our estimate was far from correct. Um, the 3,000, we had over 5,000 people um, that were, were uh, paying to be in our downtown community during that day. So that was, we were pretty excited about that. Wow, that is in really incredible numbers for a first, uh, for a first year event. Um, are there ways for merchants to engage in this event or would you consider it more of a um, community event? Yeah, that's a great question, Annette. Um, we, one of my goals, because as you know, as being um, a downtown development authority, you know, we, we are uh, tasked with promoting the economic growth and vitality of our downtown. And so we made sure one of our businesses, um, John from Main Street Coffee Shop, um, he said, it'd be great to do some events in the Village Park, but it's behind downtown. What if we try to drive some of the events on the southern end of our downtown district, which is only three blocks long? What if we have some of those downtown down there so people kind of flood back and uh, back and forth? And so we did that. And then we also um, had the wagon rides from one end to the other. So people started at one end, got out at the other end and would then say, oh, we've never been to this store. Here's an interesting fact that came from that. I had over five businesses say we had more business on this day in February than we have had all winter. Not only that, some of their, their numbers for their sales were actually at Peach Festival levels, which is in the Labor Day weekend. So that was pretty exciting. And they felt such a, um, a level of support from the DDA um, that it, was, it really gave them a boost, especially in the, the winter months when, when they're not as busy downtown. The timing of the event is, is great because as we know, after the, you know, the Christmas season, holiday season, um, whatever how they you celebrate, um, things tend to die off down downtown, um, you know, because we're pedestrian oriented and let's face it, it's cold outside. So yeah, um, it's nice that the timing of the event is at a time when business is normally slow. Um, I know a lot of downtowns tend to focus a lot of their event programming um, and not necessarily um, take that into account when, when planning and executing events. So kudos to you for um, sticking it out and dressing warm bundling up so that you can provide this to your community. And is there any advice that you have for other communities who are brave enough to schedule a winter event? <laughs> well, I think you, you've hit the nail on the head, Annette, is be brave. You know, take a risk. You know, without risk, you don't know if you'll succeed or fail. We could have had 100 people show up. We could have had 50 people show up. But we, we went into it. We jumped with, with both feet working for a, a board of nine people, um, I had to sell them on the idea, right? And so they took a big chance um, in believing in my vision, um, having been a new director and also having never done an event like this before, they took a huge chance. And so I'm very grateful for that, that they trusted me with this. And uh, we've put on other events since then that have also become successful. And I'm, I'm very happy and, and grateful that, that uh, the community said, sure, let's try it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth, for sharing uh, some time with us today to talk about our Romeo Winterfest. It really sounds like a, a fabulous time. Um, and again, wanted to say appreciate um, you sharing this story. Absolutely. Thank you.
You've been listening to In My Downtown, a podcast by the Michigan Downtown Association. Thanks for tuning in.